conquest in Ethiopia. They never occupied and, and dominated and conquered Ethiopia totally. And that's because King Menelik understood he needed more than just spirituality because a lot of the Africans in other parts of Africa, they depended on their spiritual system. But when you're dealing with a group of people like the white supremacists who were not spiritual at all, you're going to lose. So King Menelik, he used his spirituality, but he understood that he had to be practical. So King Menelik, he got guns that rivaled the guns of his enemies. And when the Italians came into Ethiopia to try to defeat him, King Menelik used his guns and used his weaponry to fight them off. What Ethiopia was able to achieve was nothing short of military genius. Um, they struggled uh, certainly with Italy for maintaining their, their independence. But I think what, what they were able to do was to use the, the land to their advantage. They were able to strategize and they really outfought the enemy. And they were underestimated, let's face it. I think they were under, their military power was underestimated. And so when you had all of this in the psyche of a people, this notion of, of empire and, and kingdoms and defending ourselves against the Greek army, the Roman army, the Turkish army, the Persian armies, plus some little rinky-dink Italians. We can handle this, and they handled it. And when King Menelik in Ethiopia defeated the Italians, what's interesting, the Western media started to portray King Menelik as a white man. So this man was a, a, clearly a black African brother. There was pictures of him in the whole nine, but the Western media started to show cartoons and images of him as being white because they didn't want to let the world see that the European had been defeated by this African man. Traditional African religions, particularly the one from ancient Egypt and Sudan, venerated this idea called ma'at. And ma'at, roughly speaking, you could translate it as truth, as justice, as righteousness, as reciprocity. The problem is, is when you're being attacked by people who don't believe any of that, and you are trying to do the ma'atic thing, they will beat you, unfortunately. And this is one of those harsh lessons that the black community is still to learn. The assumption that another group's view of humanity is the same as ours. The assumption that another group's understanding of divinity is the same as ours. The African moved from the premise that everybody was a brother and thus should be treated and accorded that kind of brothership and brotherhood. The European moved from a position that what is mine is mine and what is yours is mine if I can take it. You had a war culture coming in contact with an agrarian culture. The war culture is always going to win because the war culture doesn't put any value on human life. And that means it has no barometer to how much death and destruction it will carry out. People talk about the greatness of Africa and we, we see some of the great empires that we had over in Africa. And naturally, a lot of people will say, okay, if we had all these great empires, where did Africa go wrong? There's several situations that, that happened. One thing that happened with Africa, you had Mansa Musa. Now, Mansa Musa, according to most historians, West African black man who was a king in, in the area that we know as Mali and Timbuktu, the wealthiest man to ever live. And Mansa Musa's situation was a gift and a curse because Mansa Musa, he went around the world basically just giving out gold. This man had so much money, he could give money away and he gave so much money out, it, it decimated certain economies in other nations. So 
it showed the humanity of the African people and the generosity of the African people, but you showed people that you had all of this wealth, so now people are plotting on you. So when people saw Mansa Musa giving out all that money, he became lunch to everybody else. So Africa started to get raided and flooded with all types of people trying to take advantage of the wealth and the resources that were in Africa. The tide rises and falls. I mean, what are we talking about? We're not, we're not supposed to be a victim of time. When you're going into Africa, you're going into Africa when it was falling, when it was old and worn out, trying to nurture and educate the East Indies, the Chinese, and the Europeans. We were trying to help all of these people to raise them up to a higher level, and they wore us out. Even today, you'll get worn out if you talk to a certified Negro under warranty. They will wear you out. We didn't take military matters seriously. We didn't take warfare seriously. And I'm aware that the propaganda where the West presents such as the Zulus as a highly militaristic nation. Unfortunately, we needed a lot more Zulus and a lot more people on that militaristic thing because historically that's where we were weak. I don't know why Nubia failed. Besides, all nations fall. Rome failed, Greece failed, the current empires you're in are going to fall and new superpowers are going to come. So yeah, we failed. Kings died. Other people mishandled money. The same thing that happened with your grandmama inheritance after she died. The same thing. Some of your cousins went and wilded out with it. The other your cousins took it and created their own little things. The same thing happened. But the question is, how do we create an Israel? How do we create an India? How do we create a Germany? How do we create something for us? Because we need something. You know, Dr. John Henry Clark was like, we, we're yelling that we want a nation, and it's nation time, and we don't even know how to build a train. The Japanese bought one train, reverse engineered that train, now they're selling trains. Any nation fails is you don't want it to fall again. So ultimately, if I, if I wanted to find out why any black nation failed, I would, I would go to the most recent one because the most recent one works by our recent standards of governing and governance, and that would be Haiti. Why did Haiti fail? Haiti was, was sabotaged by France. Haiti was looted, and she was sanctioned globally. Haiti offered any blacks anywhere in the hemisphere, from the Dominican Republic, the United States, if you can escape from slavery and get here, you're a free man, and we protect the integrity of your freedom. That is what the anger against Haiti was about. Haiti was the first free republic that offered freedom to any enslaved people, black or white, from anywhere. If you make it to these lands, our army will protect your integrity. For 444 years of the European enslavement of African people, you had the best and the brightest of African people steadily taken out. And then after that genocide, after that Holocaust, Europeans decided that they were going to go in now after the Berlin Conference and control the land for another 88 years. So Africa has only been free for less than 50 years, but it's still suffering from the ravages of 444 years of slavery, 88 years of colonization. You don't recover from that automatically unless there are plans in place to aid your recovery. After Europe was destroyed during World War I and World War II, you had the Marshall Plan, and other plans that were implemented by the United States in order to rebuild Europe. Look at photographs of, of London, photographs of, of, of Paris after the war, after the bombing. And then see what American aid did 20 years later. 
to rebuild those cities. So we think that Europe has always looked like that. No, Europe, Europe has had more wars than Africa has had, but they now, but they've had access to resources to rebuild. Africa hasn't had the ability to, to rebuild. There was no revolution there. There was no independence granted. All they were doing, done was to make a few Negroes wealthy and then uh, y'all manage the apartheid poverty for us. But we'll keep all of our banks, we'll keep all of our mines, we'll keep all of our industry, and we're not sharing nothing with you. We'll keep the best 80% of the farmland, and you can't even come into our little towns. There are towns in South Africa we don't know the names of. That's the most prosperous, most beautiful places in the world. White folks are retiring from Europe every day. The especially the aristocrats going there to live and they make us think South Africa is Johannesburg. Colonial powers of Europe left African nations. They took everything, even the light bulbs. They ripped up the train tracks. They said, if we're leaving, we're gonna make sure that you won't be able to sustain yourself. And they destroyed everything. It's, it's no different than what happened in America after emancipation. When they left, they destroyed all. And Guinea is one of the classic cases. They even took the toilet paper. They took everything out of Guinea. And then, from the international marketplace, fought to keep Guinea from ever developing international trade with Europe. Guinea has the largest supply of iron ore in the world. Who do you think control and own it? Some Israeli mega capitalists. 